Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Yudalad of Masechta Shkalim. Daf Yudalad is a pretty awesome Daf. Um, yeah, we continue talking about, uh, we kind of, I guess, conclude our mission from yesterday with all the different people in the Beis HaMikdash and their um, roles. And then we get to a new mission about diff- you know other uh, appointees in the Beis HaMikdash. Interesting Gemara about the wealth of Moshe Rabbeinu, and then, um, yeah, some other technical things about how exactly to pay for your libations at the temple. All super interesting stuff. Let us uh, begin at the beginning of Yud, at uh, the bottom of Yud Gimel Amud Beis, all the way at the bottom. Nechunya Chofer Shichin. Okay, we're talking about Nechunya, the digger of um, what's a Shichin? Ditches. That he would um, dig ditches and uh, caves. And he knew which rocks were um, would, would cool water. And which stones were hot, had heat. And, you know, how to... To uh, how far their heat would reach. So basically, he knew uh, how to locate the rocks that had cool water, how to locate the rocks that had more uh, hot water that would make hot water. Um, so he was the water expert. Omar, Reb Eliezer, Umez bin Obatsama, and says Reb Eliezer that tragically his son died of thirst. Omar Chanina. Mando Amr Rahman Vatron Yisvatron Bne Mauye. Okay. Says Rubchanina that if a fellow says that the Abishter is um a Vatron, what's a Vatron? Somebody who um unless you like get away with things or whatever. I don't know what the right word is. Forgiving, overseeing, overlooking. Well Yisvatron Bne Maoi, you should get diarrhea. Alright. Rather, in truth, what's happening is that the Abishra has patience. But ultimately, if you don't get your act together and you don't do tshuva, so then, so then he's going to exact whatever he needs to exact from you. The Pasuk says that his surroundings are very, like, um, stormy. Meaning, Nisara is would a storm would generally be written with the letter Samech, but over here it's written with the letter Sin. So we make a drasha of Kichuta Saira like the like like a hair, and so Usvivav Kilu with those surrounding him, with those who are close to him, the Ebrister could be very exacting to even a hair's breadth. Omer Min Madiksiv says Rabyosi, rather we learn it, we don't learn enough from that Pasuk, rather we learn enough from a different Pasuk. Vinorua Kosviva, that the Abishtur is awesome on uh, his surroundings. Kilu Moro, Alakrovim Yosum and Arachokim, his fear is upon um, those who are close to him more so than those who are distant from him. There was a story with a certain Chosid who was um who who would dig um, pits, ditches, and caves? Now it's tempting to say that this fellow was nuchunya chofer shichin, but um, it doesn't seem that that would be the case, though. 
So, because we're going to see that uh, he interacts with Pinchas Ben Yair. Pinchas Ben Yair was during the, you know, was the, uh, around Reb Shimon's time or Bakiva's time. And um, that was after the Beis HaMikdash. And this seems to be during the Beis HaMikdash. So, anyways. Uh, well, I mean, Nechun Yochov was during the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Anyways, so there was a story with a certain Chassid who would dig pits and uh, ditches and caves. For the passerby, so that they would have water. One time his water was on her way to get married. And she got swept away by a river. And she was presumed dead. So everybody, it was, there was a tragedy in town, clearly. So everybody came to this chassid in order to console him, but he refused to be consoled. All of Pinchas ben Yari, Legabe, Pinchas ben Yari went to console this chassid. He wanted to console him. And yet this chassid refused to accept condolences from Pinchas ben Yair. So Pinchas ben Yair said to the people, This is your chassid, that he won't accept my condolences. They said to him, Rebbe, so they explained to Pinchas Ben Yari the context. Look, we're talking about somebody who devoted his whole life to making sure that people had water and his daughter, tragically on her way to Rechassana, got swept away by water. So Pinchas Ben Yari says, wait, this doesn't make any sense. So now that I understand the context, I don't understand. Is it possible that you have somebody who honored his creator with water and the Abishter basically punished him and killed his daughter with water? And all of a sudden, there was like, uh, you know, rumors spreading around the city. People were talking. Apparently, um, his, his daughter survived. The Chassid's daughter survived and, 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 she, and she came back. Isaris, to those who say that she was eight, managed to grab hold of a of a branch, there are those who say that actually what happened was an angel came down from the heaven that looked like Rapinchis Ben Yoyer, and this angel saved um this this Chassid's daughter. Wow. Wow, what a story. Gvine Karuz. Then we now the Mishnah was talking about Gvini the announcer. What did he announce? He would announce in the base of Mikdash. Omer, what do we say? What, what would he say? The Keanim should get up and do their work and the, their service in the temple. And that the Levites should go to their uh, platform where they would sing. And the, the um, Yisraelim should go to where they would stand and, and daven for, for meaning. We're going to learn about this in Masech the Tainus, which is already, it almost feels like it's around the corner. Within the year, I think. So, basically, there were groups of, of just regular Yisraelim that would pray for, uh, at the time that they would, uh, uh, that the Korbanos were being offered. So, so he would say, you know, Yisraelim, go and, 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 and do your prayers. Agrippas Amelech Shoma Kolo at Chesparsos. One time, Agrippas Amelech, or maybe more than once, but Agrippas Amelech was able to hear the voice of Gvini, the announcer, um, up to eight parsos away. Oh my, 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 my. 
Matonus Harbe and um, Agrippas the king um, um, rewarded Gvini the Karus by giving him lots of gifts. Wow. Ben Gever on Elas Shirim. So the Mishnah said that this fellow named Ben Gever, he was in charge of um, locking the gates of the temple at night. So there's a machlokas now uh, that the Gemara is going to mention about, you know, there's a concept called Kros Gever. And the question is, what does that mean, Kros Gever, the calling out of the Gever? So, Tergim Rav Kume Deves from Shila, so Rav explained in front of the, uh, the Bismedjit of Shila, Kragavra Achriz Kroza, that it means that a fellow would call out. Omar so they said to Rav, Emor Kro Tanagola. No, I'll say it means that the rooster cried out. That 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 Gvar Gever is referring to a rooster. Omelay, Vatanin ben Gever Isach Lemira ben Bartanagola. But one second, our Mishnah refers to an individual whose name was Ben Gever. Is it possible that that means he was the son of a rooster? Sur- surely not. So therefore, that's Rav's proof that Ben Gever means a fellow would call out, not a rooster calling out. Ben Bevai ala Pakia. Ben Bevai was in charge of the uh, wicks. That he would uh, prepare the wicks for the menorah. Rabiosi al the Kufra. Rabiosi one time went to a place called Kufra. Bo Mimanya Alayun Pinosim Vlokiblun Minon. And he wanted to put in place Darin a leader for them who would take care of the communal um, responsibilities, but but the, but he could not find anybody to accept. And for Omar Kameon, so he said to them, Ben Bevai ala Pakia. The Mishnah says that there was a fellow named Ben Bevai. What was his responsibility? To make wicks. If you have a fellow who his responsibility was simply to make wicks, and yet that was enough for him to be, was significant enough, important enough for him to be listed among the greatest of the generation. So you people of Kufra, who, uh, you know, there's an opportunity here to be a responsibility for matters of life and death. Certainly, that's a very important and significant role. You know, can I find somebody to to, to step into it? Ben Arza al Tziltzol. Ben Arza was in charge of the symbols. Kiadetanina, like that which we learned in a mission in Yoma. Or was it Tamid? Not sure. Tamon. Okay, over there. That at the time, if, if the Kohen Gadol were to offer the Korban Tamid, excuse me, um, anyways, so if, if the Kohen Gadol was to offer the, the, the Korban Tamid, now, he, he didn't have to offer the Korban Tamid, but if he wanted to offer the Korban Tamid, so then, you would have the assistant Kohen Gadol, he would do the, um, the light, the, the, um, he he would wave the um scarf right so the flag so hanif so so if the kohen gadol was offering the korban tamid at the time that the kohen gadol was pouring the wine libations into the mizbeach so then the skan kohen gadol the assistant kohen gadol would um wave um scarves or flags vehekish ben arza latiltol and ben arza would uh clamor the cymbals and at that point the levim would start to sing Okay. Hugras ben Levi al-Ashir. 
Hugurus ben Levi was in charge of the singing. Omer Abacha says Abacha Niima Yiserahaya Yodea that um, Hugurus ben Levi had a very 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 beautiful voice. They said about Hugurus ben Levi that he had a very sweet voice. And when he would stick his uh, thumb into his mouth. He would be able to um, uh, create all sorts of different notes and sounds. And somehow this means that all the quantum would somehow like jump away because of the power of it. Okay. We said that the house of Garmu, their uh, expertise and their responsibility was that they would prepare the lechem upon him, the breads, the 12 loaves of bread that would be eaten each Shabbos and restored during the week uh, on the on the Shulchan and would never get moldy, would be fresh, even after sitting out for a whole week. The family of Garmu, they were experts in the preparation of the lechem upon him, and how to take it out from the oven. And they didn't want to teach anybody else how to do this um, skill. So the Chacham went and they sent for for experts in making the Panim bread, making the Lechem Panim from Alexandria in, in, in Egypt. So it became the Maise Lechem Panim that they knew how to, how to prepare the Lechem Panim. The problem was that they did not know how to take the bread out of the oven. So while they knew how to prepare the bread, they didn't know how to take it out of the oven. And beis garmu ayu masikin mibefnim v'rodim yabachutz below ha'isim misapeshes. In beis garmu, they knew the technique of they would light the fire in the oven and they would bake the breads in the oven. And when it was time to take the breads out of the oven, they would take out the breads from the oven and remove it from their mold, right? Because the lechem upon them was a was a unique shape. It was like a box, so it was made in a, a mold. So the family of Garmu, they knew to take the ovens, the breads out of the ovens while still in their mold and then remove the oven, the, the breads from the mold afterwards once it was outside of the oven. And the, and the bread would not get moldy, meaning you got two kinds of mold here. The mold that would shape the bread and the mold that grows on the bread if you don't do it right. So because base Garmu knew what they were doing, they would take the bread out of the oven first and then remove it from the mold and then the bread would not get moldy. Whereas these experts from Alexandria, while they got 90% of the way there, or let's say 80%, so we have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Maslow, was that his? Is that Maslow? No, Maslow something else. No, 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 this was, uh, what's, what's the Pareto's principle, right? The 80-20. So let's, let's call it 80%. So, so, um, what are we talking about? So, so these these experts from Alexandria, so they can get like eighty percent of the way there, but they, the the final twenty percent was missing. I.e., they didn't know how to take the oven, the how to do that last step of taking the breads out of the mold, and they would take the breads out of the mold while they were still in the oven, and the bread would get moldy. the bread would get moldy. Once the chachamim heard about like what was going on, 
But over Azeh, Amru, they said, Look, everything that the Abishter created, he created it for his honor. Shinemar, as the Puzzle says, that everything that the Abishter does is for, is, is, uh, for, for himself, on his, on, on his own behalf. I guess that the point of this is like, look, this is the Mitzias, what can we do? We have to get back the people from Beis Garmu. So they sent back to, to, uh, Beis Garmu. And Beis Garmu was not interested in coming back until, um, the Chachamim had to double their wage. Initially, they would accept 12 manas for their work, for their services, and now the Chachamim gave them 24. Yehuda Omer Chavdalra Yunodlim Vnosnuloid Memches. Rebuda says no, it was actually initially 24 manas, and then they had to give them 48. So then they asked the, the family of Garmu, how come you don't want to teach other people outside of the family? Amu, they said, Amuloid, they responded, uh, we have a tradition from our fathers that this temple is uh, inevitably going to is ultimately going to be destroyed and Garmu, in defense of their um, principle not to teach other people so they said we're concerned that when the base of Mitesh is destroyed if other people know how to prepare this lechem upon him they might um, prepare these lechem upon him for their gechkes, for the avodazara. And, um, Beis Garmu did not want that to happen. So to, pro- so, so to protect and to prevent the situation of people using the lechem upon him recipe for avodazara, so they just kept it within the family. Uh, but Alalu, okay. Now, but Alalu also now, in the following way, they would, they would mention the family of Garmu in a, a positive way, in a praiseworthy way. They kind of like we said the other day with the fellow who goes into the treasury to take the, the, um, the coins that he shouldn't have long hair or any hems or anything like that because we don't want anybody to suspect anything. So also in the base Garmu, they took their responsibility of the, Maisei lechem upon him very seriously, and they would never um, be seen with any bread on them whatsoever. So nobody should have any havamina to say that 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 they're taking the bread of the lechem upon him for themselves. So to avoid any sort of suspicion, they would simply avoid ever being seen with regular bread. So nobody should think that it came from the lechem upon him. So the Mishnah said that the house of Avtinas, they were in charge of the preparation of the Ktoris. So the family of Avtinas, so they were experts when it came to the preparation of the incense as well as the special grass that was called Maila Oshon that was included in the uh, Ketores that would make the smoke go straight up in a column. And they didn't want to teach other people. So they sent and they brought uh, artisans from Alexandria. Interesting. I wonder what was the deal with Alexandria? Was that like the, was that like the, the place? So they brought, so they brought um, uh, experts from Alexandria. 
Shomitzrayim in Egypt, and they were experts with preparation of Ketoris, but one thing was missing, they were not experts with this, this specific grass that was called Maila Oshon. When the family of Avtinas would prepare the incense, so the smoke would go straight up, and then only once it went outside the roof of the um, Beis Hamikdash would it then spread out and go and, and go downwards. Vishal elu whereas the incense of these artisans would immediately spread out. It didn't have that 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 finish, finishing touch of going straight up in a in a in a in a column. Kevin Shiyadu Chacham Badaver. Once the Chachamim heard that it wasn't working out with the uh, craftsmen from Alexandria, Amru, they said, that everything that the Ebishter does is for his honor. Shinema, as the Pasuk says, anybody who's called out of my name, so uh, in my honor, I created him, etc. So just like with the base Garmu, the Chachamim sent after the base of Tinas, and Beisavtinas was not interested in returning um, until the Chacham doubled their wages. Yud Beismana, Ayunotlin, Venosnulan, Chavdalad, Rebuto Omen Chavdalad, Ayunotlin, Venosnulan, Memches. Initially, they would accept 12 mana as their wage, um, and they doubled it to 24. Rebuto says that initially they would accept 24 mana as their wage, and it was doubled to 48. Amulen, and they asked the family of Abtinas, how come you're not interested in sharing the, the, the secrets or the recipe of the Ktoris and how to, and how to, you know, uh, put it together and, and, and make it happen? Amrulain, so the family of Abtinas responded, it's a tradition in our hands, may I have a senior from our father Shabbai Sazeh. That the temple is going to be destroyed. So that others should not learn how to make the Ketoris and then uh, use the Ketoris for the Gechkes, for their Avoda Zara. And in the following way, we mention the family of Avtinas uh, in, in, in a positive light. For praise. That no woman from the house of Avtinas ever went out wearing perfume. And not only that, and if somebody, if a, if a man from the house of Avtinas would marry a, a woman from a different family, he would do it under the condition, under the condition that she does not wear perfume, said nobody should have the Havmina to say that the family of Avtinas is perfuming themselves from the preparation of the uh, Ketoris. Uh, as the Pasuk says, to, to fulfill what the Pasuk says, as we learned the other day, that you should be clean from God and also from Israel. So, so that nobody should have any uh, gossip around them or any Havaminas to say that uh, that they're using the incense for their own personal purposes to wear perfume. Um, nobody in the family would wear perfume. <laughs> says of Yossi that one time he was standing in Yerushalayim. Now, Yossi was a Tana. He lived, uh, I don't know, how long after the how long after the Beis Not very long. Not very long. 
maybe three generations, four generations after the Beis HaMikdash. So, you know, it was still pretty fresh. And he was in Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yossi, I think, was from Tzipori. At least uh, we saw the Gemara in Shabbos, that Rabbi Yossi was exiled by the Romans to Tzipori. Anyways, well, he says that one time he was in Yerushalayim, and he says that he found a child from the family of Avtinas. I said to him, my son, what family are you from? He said, look, I'm from such and such a family, i.e. from Beis Avtinas. I said to him, Bini, my son, my son, because your family, because your fathers, they intended to increase their own honor and to decrease the honor of God by not sharing their secret of the Ketoras, of the preparation of the Ketoras, that's why their own honor has dwindled, but the honor, the honor of the Abishter has increased. Amr Bakiva, Sachli Shimon ben Luga, Shimon ben Luga, told Rebekiva, one time I was uh, gathering grasses, me and, and together with me was, was a child from the family of Avtinas. And I saw that this child from the family of Avtinas, he was um, crying and he was laughing. I said to him, my son, how come you're crying? Omar Lee said to me, I'll Shall base Abish Nismaid because of the honor of my of my uh, fathers that has dwindled. And how come you're uh, laughing? Omali said to me, for the honor that is prepared for the righteous in the world to come. And he said to the child, and what news and what have you seen? And this child said, Oh, right in front of us, there's Taka. Myla Ashun grass, this, this secret ingredient for the, uh, of Beis Avtinas for the Maise Akhtaris. Numisilo. So, Rabshim ben Luga says, I said to this child, Benihar Eyuli, can you show me which is the Myla Ashun? Omerli said to me, Rebbe, Masaris biyad, biyadimi avosa. I looked, there's a tradition for my fathers, Shalar Osu Levarayu, that we can't show it to anybody else. I'm sorry. Omer Byochanan ben Nuri, Says of Yochanan Benuri, Avtinas. One time, an elder from the family of Avtinas um, encountered me. Umigila Samon and and he had a scroll with with spices in his hand. Omarli he said to me, Rabbi Lishavar, are you base Abbots Nuin? And this um, elder from the family of Avtinas with this this bundle of spices said to Rabbi Yochanan Benuri, he says, Look, in the past, the 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 the, the people. Of my family were very modest and humble. And they would only uh, transfer this bundle of spices one person to the next within the family. However, now that I can't trust that the people of my, my of, of my of my father's house of, of Besavtinas are not trust cannot be trusted. So Rabbi Yochanan Benuri, why don't you take this scroll of spices, Vizoyba, and be careful with it? And Rabbi Yochanan Benuri continues and he relates that when he told over this incident to Rabbi Akiva about how this uh, elder from the base of Tinas was willing to give him, Rabbi Yochanan Benuri, this bundle of spices because the people within his family could not be trusted any, any longer. Zogu in of Rabbi Akiva began to cry. 
So we don't, we no longer need to mention, um, base of Tinas, the family of Avtinas in a derogatory manner because we can see from this incident that really they did have pure intentions and, 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 and just motives and they did really want to keep it in their family only because they wanted to, to, to make sure it didn't get into the wrong hands. But the second that they realized that, look, within their family, they were, it wasn't the best place for the secret of the Qataris to be. They were willing to give it to Abiyochan and Benuri, right? That, the, that, that really their, their, their main concern was that the Qataris should remain in proper hands. And if that meant that, even if that meant that their family were, were no longer the proper hands, well, then they were willing to be Mavatar on their own honor and their own family secret to give it to somebody else who will be able to preserve it. So Rebekiva said, we no longer should be thinking about the family of Avtinas in a negative light that really did Ehrlich uh, intentions. Elazar la Paroches, the Pasuk, uh, the, the Mishnah had said that, that, right, that Elazar was in charge of the curtains in the temple, Orge Paroches. He was in charge of the weavers of the curtains. Okay? And that responsibility. Pinchis Amalbish, Pinchis the, uh, cloth, clother, the person who would give people clothing and dress them. Shemalbish big day gadola, that he would adorn the Kohen Gadol with the um, um, vestments of the Kuna Gadola, there was a story with a certain Kohen who um, put clothing on a certain officer, military officer. And this military officer gave this Kohen eight gold coins. Those who say that Itaka gave him 50% more, that Itaka gave him 12 gold coins. That sounds nice. I don't think I have any gold coins. Do you guys have gold coins? Let's go weiter. We have to Allah in the fifth parak of Shkolim. In Pochsim Yeshiva Amar Kolin Vishloshik is barren. So in the Besamekdash, there were never less than um, seven supervisors and three treasurers. We don't have any sort of public uh, power office less than two. Chutzmi ben Achia shalchole meayim, with the exception being ben Achia, who was in charge of the uh, koanim with their intestinal uh, uh, um, um, complications. Ve'elazer shalaparoches and Elazer was in charge of the curtains in the temple. She osen kiblu rovatzibaralein that they were accepted by the majority of the congregation, even though they were just. One fellow. In so regarding what the Mishnah said that we don't have less than three treasurers and seven um, supervisors, Tani, it was taught Mishnei Kaslikin that there's also um, two overseers over the supervisors. All right. This is what the Pasuk says. That uh, and Nachas were the um, Treasures, Vasol, Viarmus, Vizebe, Eliel, Vismachio, Umachas, Uvunayo, Amarkolin, they were the um, supervisors. Pkidimyad, Konanyo, Vishimi, Achiv, and then um, they were uh, appointed by Konanyo and Shimi, his brother, they were the uh, Kaslikin, the uh, supervisors, no, the overseers. Bimifkar, Yichizkyo, Melech, Vazayo, Nigid Beis Elokim under the um, um the, and that that they were appointed by Yechizkiyahu the king and Azayahu the uh, Kohen Gadol Hamelch the Kohen Gadol the king and the Kohen Gadol. 
Okay, so when they would have to seal something, I don't know, some of they would have some money, they'd have to seal it. So first, the treasurer would seal it and give it to the supervisor. The supervisor would seal it and give it to the um, overseer. The overseer would seal it and give it to the king. The king would then seal it and give it to the king. When they would need to unseal things to get the money out. So first the king would unseal. Um, so the king would kind of check his uh, seal, make sure it hasn't been tampered with, and then he would unseal it. The Koengado would check his seal, and if it was untampered, he would undo, he would open up the seal. Then the overseer would check his seal and then open it. The uh, supervisor would then check his seal and open it. And finally, the treasurer would check this seal and open it as long as it hasn't been tampered, and then they would be able to get out money, whatever this process looked like. It's a little bit hard for me to imagine, but basically there was sort of uh, a, a chain that this would have to go through in order to open and close stuff. All right. All right. All right. Sounds a little complicated, but all right. Let's go weiter. In Osin Shrara Alatzibu B'mamun Pachos Mishnayim. So whenever it comes to like a um, financial a, a, a position in the community, so we always have um, at least two. So Rav Nachman B'Shem Rav Mana Al Shem. So Rav Nachman says the name of Rav that it's based on the um, Pasuk. That says that they will take the um, gold and the treles and the argomon. And haim is plural, so they have to be at least two. So says that Moshe got wealthy from the psolas of the luchas. This is what the puzzle says. Make for yourself two luchas. That the psal should be for yours. What, for you, what does that mean? It means that the, when it came to the second luchas, so the Abish just says the Moshe psal luchas ne luchas avadim karishonim. Make for yourself um, these right new new luchos after the first ones. The first tablets were were were, were broken, so Moshe had to make new ones. And it says psal lecha, make for yourself these luchas. So what the Abish is saying is that. When, when he, the Ebishter, was going to etch the writing onto the Luchas, whatever stone was misplaced by the etchings, right, any, any, um, leftovers from the etching, Moshe was able to keep. And that was, uh, that was very, uh, valuable. And, and that is how he became wealthy. Interesting. Says that um, the Abishter created a quarry of very expensive stones in Moshe's tent, and that's how Moshe became wealthy. Ksiv, the puzzle says, repeat, uh, period. Okay, so apparently Moshe was wealthy. Yeah, very, very interesting sort of the methods of how he became wealthy. Um, he just kind of got it from God, which is interesting. Um, the puzzle says, that they would look after Moshe until he went into his tent. There are two Amuraim uh, who kind of argue how to understand this pasuk. 
one said, one understands this pasuk that it was understood in a negative way, whereas another one understands that this pasuk was understood in a positive way. The fellow who understands it in a negative light, it means that the Bnei Yisrael would say, look at the thick thighs of Moshe Rabbeinu, look at his thick knees, look at his fat flesh, that he's uh, eating from the Yidin and he's drinking from the Yidin, everything that belongs to Moshe Rabbeinu is coming from the Yidin. Now, of course that's not true. Moshe Rabbeinu did not steal from the Yidin. But I do kind of, in a certain sense, I understand their taina, if you, if you understand it to mean, Kilu, where's all this wealth coming from? It didn't make sense. Everyone's in the Midbar. Probably most of the people are unemployed. And then you have Moshe Rabbeinu who's got all this wealth. Now, we just learned that it didn't come for, you didn't steal it from the Yidin, but it did come in sort of this like magic kind of way. Like, obviously, Moshe Rabbeinu had connections. He was very close to God. And God just kind of like gave him like shavings of, 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 of the Luchos or like a very expensive stone quarry in his tent. And it's like very interesting. So while yes, it's true what they were saying were untrue, but the sentiment, if you understand it from like, I don't get it. How is Moshe Rabbeinu so wealthy? Like we see he's not working all day. Where does this wealth come from? So like, I don't know, it did raise suspicion. Oh, it's like an interesting kind of thing to think about. Um, those who, the, the ones who understand this apostle uh, in a positive light, basically they would say, look at this tzaddik and, and merit. It's such a merit to be able to see, uh, to be able to look at the face of a tzaddik. There were four um, uh, types of tokens in the base of Mikdash. Right? We had said all the way at the beginning of the, of the parak that there was this sort of, you know, if you had to bring a korban and with your korban you brought, let's say, flour, a flour uh, um, libation. So how did you buy the flour? So if you're going to buy it at the base of Mikdash, so first you would go to Yochanan, right? Did he have another name or just Yochanan? I think he had another name. Yochanan ben Pinchas. So you'd first go to Yochanan ben Pinchas. You would pay for uh, whatever the flour cost and he would give you this token. You would then take this token over to Achia, and he would give you the flower. So, the Gemara says, the Mishnah says, that there were four types of tokens that they had in the base of Mikdash. And it was written on the different tokens. Um, either it's a, a token for a cat, for, for cattle, for a calf, or for a, um, a ram, or for a kid, like a goat. Or for a sinner. Benaze Omer says, Benaze, hey, are you? There were taka five of them, Varamus Kasuvalem, and it was taka written on them in Aramaic. Egel, also a calf, Dichar, a ram, Kidi, a goat, Chote, or a sinner. Chote Dal, Chote Asher. And the final two are either a poor sinner or a wealthy sinner. Egel, Mishamish, Im Nisre, Bakr. So the token that said on it, calf, would be uh, that would be the token that would be used for all types of cattle offerings. Um, whether we're talking about big cattle, small cattle, male cattle, female cattle. Gdi, the token that said on it, goat, that would work for all types of flock, uh, sheep, goats, gedolim, ketanim, big, small, male, female, the exception being for a ram. A ram would have its own token. 
the ram token was good only for the rams. And the um, the token that said on it sinner, so that was uh, the token for the three types of animals that a mitzora would have to bring. Somebody who needed to get these libations, so he would go to Yochanan, who was in charge of the tokens, and he would pay Yochanan, and in return he would get this token, and he would bring the token over to Achiyah, who was in charge of the libations, and he would um, give this token to Achiyah, and then Achiyah would give him the libations that he needed. And every evening, Yochanan and Achia would sit down together. Achia would come with all of the tokens that were given to him throughout the day that were transferred for um, the libations. So now if um, uh, Achia gives Yochanan all the tokens that he had collected that day and there were more tokens than money received by Yochanan, well then Yochanan had to cover the loss himself. If there was more flour given out that day than was paid for, Yochanan would have to cover the difference on his own. And if, um, for whatever reason, there were more tokens sold than flour given, well then the um the gain was given to the hektish shiad hektish ala elyona um because the uh the 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 hand of hektish has the hektish has the upper hand mishavar khosamo if you have a fellow who purchased a token and then it got lost it got misplaced mamtinu lo ara erev so you could wait until the evening the matsulo kede khosamo no no and if there's um, enough leftover flour, other people didn't claim their, their tokens, so if there's enough leftover for this fellow to be able to uh, collect his, his, his misplaced token, so then they, they give it to him. But if there's not, not enough leftovers to be able to supply this fellow with the misplaced token, they would not give it to him. And the name of the, and the date was written on these tokens. Um, um, so that the it would be more difficult to to forge. Well, Heva, that was we're going to stop here. That was a few dollars. I think it was a very beautiful daf, right? We had some cool um, stories. Pinchas uh, Pinyar was back, and Chunya Chofer Shichin, the families of Beis Avtinas and Beis Garmu, and their secrets and what they would do so that um, nobody should suspect them, and that uh, in the end we say that right, that uh, their motives were were pure, as we saw by this fellow from the house of Avtinas who was willing to give this family secret over to Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri so that it should be properly protected. We saw where the wealth of Moshe Rabbeinu came from, which was also an interesting sugya, as well as what the process was for claiming Nisachim and purchasing Nisachim in the base of Mikdash. I hope that you, daft, that, that you enjoyed Yudav and have a great, great day. Cheers.